Hey, welcome to The Conversation. This is Andy Mason, and you're listening to Authentic Conversations Around the Messy Intersection of Faith, Family, and Business. And I'm sitting here where I love to sit every morning with my Bible looking out the window and recording this for you. Actually, normally I do this in my office. Uh, This week, I'm sending you the recording from our most recent Heaven and Business Conference. It's the session that I did that really outlined three key lessons that I've learned, leadership lessons over the last 12 months. Uh, Just so critical, so important. But here's what I want you to get as well, is uh, we've put together an online learning platform for you to grow an identity, grow in culture, and grow in influence, all in the context of partnering with God in your place of work. It's ridiculously cheap and it's designed to equip you so that you're fully aware and understand and engaged and activated to partner with God in your place of work and then engage in the well-being of the city you serve. There's a heap of videos, there's a uh, audios, there's a weekly strategic and tactical business prayer that's live. We don't just do it, we train you to do this and we give you uh, stories from all around the world of what God is doing in the workplace. It's this, as I was just reading, is that now, right now, this is in Ephesians chapter 3, verse 10, that now the manifold wisdom of God might be made known by the church, that's you and me, the ecclesia, to the principalities and powers in the heavenly places, according to the eternal purpose which he accomplished in Christ Jesus our Lord, in whom we have boldness and access with confidence through faith in him. So we're going to send you this. Uh, You can listen to it. If you want to find out more about what you can do, jump in on that platform. Go to heaveninbusiness.com backslash free dash trial. If you get stuck with that, just heaveninbusiness.com and I'm sure you'll find it. So enjoy this and uh, we will talk with you again next week. So 2020 was, I've just called it the Global Leadership uh, School. Did anyone feel like they're in a leadership school where nobody has any idea what you're doing? Let alone you, let alone the person that you thought did. It's like, they don't know what they're doing. Oh my gosh, they don't know what they're doing. Oh my gosh, they're just like me. And so, firstly, before we do anything else, how did you score? Uh, and, and there was, well, I participated. Anyone got a participation award? You actually, you're here, so you must have participated. And, and how do you even score? Where, did you know? Like, did I win? Did I lose? Did I advance? Can I measure it from my bank account? No. Can I measure it from the relationships that I've got? Perhaps. But ultimately, it's did you grow in understanding of the thoughts and ways of God? Are you representing Him more or less than what you were 12 months ago before this global leadership school started? Are you learning? How do I know? Because there's going to be a change in life. And that's the ultimate thing that we're called to. To me, that's what leadership about is, ab- is about continuing to learn. And in Thessalonians, we read the story of Peter, Paul saying to the Thessalonians, I was amongst you and I showed you, you learned from me. It's not about what we say, it's about how we live. Then when people live and or see our lives worked out amongst them, then we give them a testimony of what our God's like. 
So if I misrepresented God, then I'd probably be an F or a D or something. But how well did I represent his name, his character, his ways, his nature? That's what we're doing. So that when I stand before him, he says, well done, you look like me. I'm like, really? I did that. So what I'm going to do is start this off by three lessons that I've learned in the last 12 months. And they may have been things that I've learned for the last 20 years, but in the last 12 months, they've been really reinforced or relearned or pounded into me a whole nother way. So those three things, the number one is the voice of God. Number two is the vision he is leading as opposed to I'm a business person. I know where I'm going. Uh, that's like uh, Joshua. Uh, when I think it was the angel said to, or God said to Joshua, uh, keep the ark, something like 500 cubits or 1,000 cubits between you. So here you are. Here's the ark or the presence of God. And this is where you're going. Keep the space between you and the ark. And if that was me, I'm like, this is where I am. This is where the ark is. That's where we're going. I can just draw a line and I'm there. Why would I wait? I'm going to run ahead. But it's keep this presence in front of you because you don't know where you're going. You think you do, but you don't. That's when we come to this. Is it his vision or is it my vision? Who's really leading me? Am I a really, really good follow or following from the front is what a friend calls it. Number three, the volume of wise counsel. Uh, that's become very, very apparent. And I've got a couple of items that I can show you, and we're going to talk about that. But really, as we are walking through this, I want you to become aware of and remember for yourself, what's the biggest things that you've learned in the last 12 months? Because I want to capture that learning so that I learn from it. If it was a mess, I want to learn from the mess. If it was a failure or a mistake, don't do it again. Uh, we're on a call this morning. It's like, don't listen to stupid. Stupid was last year. Just don't listen to that again. Do something different. That's what I want to do. And in it all, I want to live from this union with God, from my relationship with Him. And number one is the voice of God. So uh, this time last year, everything canceled. Our events were canceled. Uh, so that kind of halved our income like crazy. What are you going to do? And literally, there's so much that's changed. But this verse, Matthew 4.4, 4, man which is all of us, shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes or proceeds from the mouth of God. I don't live by the bank balance, by the cash flow, by the government loan or the bank loan or the strategic plan or the best vision forever. I live by the word of God so that as I'm walking, I can listen and hear what he's saying and adjust and pivot which looks like every single day I'm in his word. So I'm in the word. I'm listening for his voice, not for what I can talk to you about, but for what he's saying to me so that I can adjust and pivot. Uh, about this time last year, I was reading Proverbs 4, and repeatedly I'm wondering, God, what do we do? What do we do with all these different events, this executive retreat that got canceled? And I read through Proverbs 4, and these phrases keep standing out, don't change an ancient landmark. Don't move from the path. Keep your eyes straight ahead. And I look at that and I'm thinking, so you're saying don't change the subject. I'm like, God, don't you realize we're walking through this global pandemic and it's crazy and everyone's shut down and no one's traveling. I can't do the things that I used to do. And so I'm pondering that. And then I actually talk with a friend who gives me wise counsel. It's not don't change the subject. It was change the delivery. 
So we took a bunch of things online. We did executive retreats, like encounters with business leaders, virtually. And we had within five minutes people saying, I forgot this was even virtual. What's the point? It's the voice of God that guided us. There's no way that I would have done that or believed that that was possible had I not done that. Another thing is uh, we got a team that come in and, and we want them to hear because I want it, the greatest, most valuable thing is hearing his voice, living from his voice. So I've cultivated that in my life. So we got a team that came in and they gave us, they asked God on our behalf and they they called us Company 892, so they didn't know any details. They went away, and a bunch of them got different information that they heard from God. They got summarized and given to me. And one of those statements was that you're going to make one small change, and it's going to be a significant change to what you do with your business. That was one of them. Another one is that you're going to, it's like I see this relationship changing, like with your building or organization, you're going to become more portable. Now, this was in July, August of last year when we had a rent for a building, office space. We were paying seven, $8,000 a month for, so significant overhead. But this, this word, so I took the words and then I pondered them, saying, God, what do I do with this? Cultivated it. And these two stood out. So as I'm listening to the word and I'm bringing it to my attention, I'm looking at our website. And I looked at our website, the Heaven and Business and, it's, and you can read it. It says, join the global community and grow in business with God. Now, I had in the back of my head, you're going to make one small change, and it's going to be a significant change to all you're doing. And I read that statement. You grow. We help you grow in business with God. And instantly, on the inside, it said, that's wrong. That's not what we do. If I look at that statement, what is the emphasis? Business. We, grow in, we help you grow in business. Is there something wrong with that? No, nothing wrong with that unless that's not what you're called to do. And I realized something had happened where what God's called us to do is grow with God in business. See the difference? One small change makes a huge difference. What we do is we help you grow with God in business. That's what our secret source is. And the realization that some other things we were doing they were taking us slightly off that. There were good things, just not what we we're called to. How do we get that? Matthew 4.4. I don't live by what everyone else tells me we should be doing. I live by what God says. Which leads me to this core of how do you hear the voice of God? There's a whole heap more in there. If you want to know more, hey God, what now? That literally led into a course, a plan, a program to train people how to hear God for practical decisions that they need to make on a daily basis. You can find out more about that. Number two, vision, he is leading. Uh, I was talking about this is in, in that grow in business with God compared to grow with God in business. Sounds really small. Sounds like a one degree difference, but huge in all of the activity that we were doing. We're doing lots and lots of activity, but was it fruitful? If you're going to ask that question, you have to ask the question, well, what is the fruit that I'm looking to produce? So I had to come back a step and say, God, what is it? I read this. Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands and that he had come from the Father and was going to God, laid aside his garments and washed the disciples' feet. John 13, 3. What's that all about? 
Jesus knew exactly where he was going because he knew where he was going. As my wife would say, he had a very, very big yes that enabled him to say no to a lot of other good things. Do you remember the story when Jesus is the healing miracle worker, right? And we're in an environment that loves miracles, that loves to see the demonstrated power of God. So there's one instance where Jesus is there, he's in a house, and he prays for some people, and everybody gets healed. So the next morning, the entire village, can you imagine that? The entire city, your entire city is banging at your door, saying, we see that you've got the solution to what we need. And they're like, where are you? Where are you? And Jesus, the business owner, is gone. They're like, where is he? Like, you should be open. You should be serving these people. They finally find him. He's out the back walking around in this recreation area, communing with God. And he says, I'm called to others also. What's the point? Because I know where I've come from. I know where I'm going. I've got such a big yes inside of me. I can say no to some very, very good things. Are you catching this? So what did that look like for us? I suddenly realized, is what I'm doing, is it activity or is it productivity? There's a difference between the two. And I can do, be doing really, really good activity, but it not being productive in terms of what I'm called to do. Is it good or is it fruitful? Well, it's good, so we should be doing it. No. Jesus said no to lots of good things. Because he knew what he was called to do, where he was going. So what are the things that you are doing that might be good things, but they're not fruitful? Is it, am I being driven? Is it, I'm being driven to do something. Or am I being led by a vision that burns on the inside of me? That I can't let it go. Like Jeremiah said, your word is like a fire in my bones. I grow weary of holding it in. Indeed, I cannot. And am I pleasing people or am I pleasing God? I started to realize how much I was doing things to please people because it's not bad. It's just not necessarily fruitful or productive or what you're called to do. So what do we have to do? Take a big knife and start cutting things. You know, there's a really good book by Dr. Henry Cloud called Necessary Endings. And it says there's a difference between having 2020 happen to you or 2020 becomes the greatest gift in your life. That is very, very different. What's the difference? Because I know who I am and I know where I'm going. And because of that, I embrace change and lean into it. And we're cutting these things off and recognize, thank you, God, that I'm not traveling now every single month. I'm at home with my family. Thank you, God, that the income that I used to have from one avenue is completely gone, but a new avenue's come, and it's more productive, and it's more fruitful, and I'm more at home. And I'm like, this is ridiculous. Jesus, thank you for 2020. Thank you. It's been the best reset in my life. Why? Because I've realigned with who I am, where I'm going, what I'm doing, and what's most important. Another part of this is uh, one of the words that I had, uh, we had Dan McCollum come in and do a training uh, at one of the executive retreats we were doing virtually. And he gives training on how to take your prophetic words and turn them into actually understand it. So I've been sitting on prophetic words for years. I've got an Evernote. So that's Evernote. I've got a document that records all of these that I'm writing down. 
and I read them, and every now and then I read them again. I'm thinking, they're really awesome. And Dano led us back through, go back through your word. Don't just put it there. Don't just believe for it, but actually look at it and ask yourself, what in that has a requirement for you to do something? What in there is a statement of who God says you are? Now, you know the story of John the Baptist. I believe it's in, uh, in the Bible. In the Bible, there's a story of John the Baptist. John's talking, I believe it's in Matthew, in the first few chapters. And it says he's out doing what he knows he's called to do, looking funny, looking weird, baptizing people. And the Pharisees come to him and say, are you Elijah? And what does John the Baptist say? No. They say, are you the Messiah? And what does John the Baptist say? No. No, I'm not. No, I'm not. Then they say, are you the prophet? And there's a bunch of questions that they ask. And he says, no, I'm not. They say, who are you? And then John the Baptist says this, I am the voice of one shouting, proclaiming in the desert, saying, prepare the way of the Lord. I am. Something happens when you say, this is what was written. This was what was written. It's me. I am this. And it says, and the next day Jesus showed up. You recognize that? Something happens when I align with the vision that God's given me and I embrace it, even if it feels awkward, uncomfortable. So I went back over one particular prophetic word. This is Chris Valentin, and this is literally what he said because this is transcribed. And it's, can you see the date? 2016. What was the year that I actually did something with this? Four years later. Four years later, this was sitting there. I don't know if I've ever seen a mantle, a Joseph mantle on a man like you, where wealthy and powerful people are, not, are so loved and attracted by you. This is not a prophecy. It's hilarious. This is Chris Valentin. This is just an observation. And you've become a pastor of powerful people because you are not afraid of them. My issue, a bunch of those words, wealthy, powerful, pastor, all those things. So I'd ignored it and just said, thank you. Because of that training and teaching, I turned it into a declaration. I said, I am a pastor of powerful and wealthy leaders. I love them fearlessly, and they're attracted to me. And I'm a bridge of connection across racial, political, and economic divides. First time I said it, it felt so awkward like I'm standing naked in front of people. And then I said it again. and started saying, this is, am I the Messiah? No. Am I Bill Johnson? No. Am I, you fill in the blanks? No. Well, who are you then? I am a pastor of powerful people. I love them fearlessly and they're attracted to me. And I'm a bridge of connection across racial, political, and economic divides. As I start to align my life with that and step into it, surrounded by wise counsel, which we'll talk about in a moment, things start to shift to the point that that has actually started to happen in the last six months, more has happened during a pandemic of connecting, coaching, pastoring, mentoring wealthy and powerful business leaders than in the last 10 years of my life. Why? Because I'm starting to align myself with his vision that he has given me, that he created me to be. Start to listen to people like Janine Mason, who I'm married to. And Shay Bynes, who's my great friend, and Ford Taylor. I start to listen to that and align my life. How do I do that? 
I've got to have such a big yes inside that I can say no to some phenomenal opportunities that anyone else would say, are you an idiot? Why'd you say no to that? Because I've got a bigger yes inside. So here's what we got to. Another part of it is we got to October last year, and I'm frustrated. So you'd think I would have got it. August, September, I'm finally like, I am this. This is who I am. But I'm still wrestling that on the inside. So we get to September, October, and a friend went running with me, and he said, Andy, what's the, the best kingdom business book you know? And I'm like, well, there's this book and this book and this book, but there's a bunch of kingdom books, but there's not some, like, we're the heart of the king in business. And he goes, well, when are you going to write it? And I'm like, I'm not, I'm not writing it. And then I said, Shay, do you want to write it with me? And so we're going to write that. But what it led to is a course. What if we did a course? So we end up doing this course on kingdom business, unpacking what the Bible said is this kingdom, and then how to translate that for business. And it was wonderful, and we had 12 business couples walking it through. But I'm just frustrated. So one day I'm complaining to God, saying, God, what are we doing? we got this crazy pandemic stuff. The political things in this nation is just stupid. It's not helping anybody. And I'm just, like, going on, like, and then the prophetic stuff, it's like, oh my gosh, the environment that I'm in. And like, which, which prophet do you believe? It's just, and I said, here I am stuck at home. I'm not traveling. I'm not doing anything. All I've got is 12 people. What's that doing to change the world? And I know you're sitting there and you're thinking, hello, Andy, have you read your Bible? It was almost like God was pausing, like just quiet, like, wait for it. Wait for it. He's going to get it. He's going to get it in a moment. And there's like 12 people. 12 people turned the world upside down. Is it possible some of the activity that we've been doing has been good Christian event-based activity and God's calling us to discipleship? And discipleship looks very, very different. And it's not about the numbers in a room. 12 will do, or one. And you disciple that one who disciples another, who disciples another. And suddenly I realized, oh my gosh, I've been set up. Thank you, Jesus, for 2020. This has been the best school ever. I am not grateful for the pain or the loss or my friend who died. I'm not grateful for that. But I'm so grateful for what this has worked for good in me. And I'm going to learn the lesson and lock it down and live differently as a result. Because if you go through 2020 and try to go back to business as usual, or what you're doing before, that's the stupidest thing ever. Like that's paying one year of your life in education and not applying a single thing of it. Rather than saying, Holy Spirit, you've led me through this. You led me through the fire. You led me through the storm so that I would be stronger, wiser, smarter, and better in every way. Show me your ways. Let me know you. So we did that. And it's crazy fun, by the way. It's just ridiculous. Um, Here's the kind of things that's happening. One group that we got together with, four business leaders from across the country. We meet every two weeks. And I email them and say, would you like to be part of this group? We're just going to experiment with what a small group could do. We're going to collaborate, connect together during COVID. So in three months' time, we'll be fine. That was in March of last year. And if you, you're alive, you've realized 12 months later, that group's still growing strong. And here's what's happened. One of them, his equity's gone up 10 times. Another one, he's bought 
out his business partners and the growth and income of the company is going to pay for it. <laughs> That's a good day. That's a really, really good day. Another guy has put together a business investment fund two and a half times what he's ever done in terms of size in his life before with international investment funds jumping on board during COVID. And it starts with a B. You can work that out. And the fourth one has taken over the national leadership of a faith and work task force in the middle of COVID. Is it possible that Jesus is leading us? Twelve people turned the world upside down. What are you worried about? I am a powerful leader, a pastor of powerful, wealthy business leaders. I love them fearlessly and they're attracted to me. And I'm a bridge of connection across racial, political, and economic divides. And we are seeing the kingdom advance everywhere, faster than before. Because why? Because the difference is becoming more more obvious. Your sin will split you. That's Isaiah. But when you seek first the kingdom, he adds things to you. When you seek first relationship and put people first, you find things start to align in your life compared to saying, how do I just get the numbers? Forget about the numbers. Take care of the people and you watch what happens as a result. Thank you, Jesus, for the 2020 pruning and leadership lessons that we're learning. And the third one is this, is the volume of wise counsel. Uh, Proverbs 12, the way of a fool is right in his own eyes. No comment. But he who heeds counsel is wise, or even better is this, Proverbs 27, faithful are the wounds of a friend. I was driving with someone yesterday and they said, how can I, be a friend? How can I help you or serve you over these next three days? And I said, be my friend. But here's the context of the friend that I want you to be. I want you to be a friend that carries a knife. That when I start to grow something unusual or weird, that you come. And in his language, he said, yeah, I knife you from the front. I cut you from the front. I'm looking in your eyes. Faithful are the wounds of a friend. If I've learned every, anything over the last 12 months, it's how valuable and important it is to have people in your life that will speak the truth, not, not just throw a grenade and run, not just swing and then run, but will stay close and look you in the eye and say, I love you enough to tell you the truth because right now what you're doing is the stupidest thing ever. And if this costs me my friendship, I'd rather you know this because you need to know it. I love you fearlessly. And I'm going to say what no one else is saying because I love you. And I'm not going to do it behind your back or on social media or via any other means. I'm going to tell you to your face. Right now, you've been stupid. There's this proverb talking about you. The way of the fool is right in his own eyes. And I want to help you see yourself of what you're not doing right. Number one, I want you to emphasize the person that should or could have the greatest place is your spouse. Have you turned down their volume? Have you turned down their volume? And that's where I've messed up. And 2020 has been the biggest gift of my life of learning, oh, some of us business people, like, well, I'm good at really making money, so I don't listen to my spouse on making money because I'm the money person. It's stupid. That's right there. The way of a fool. The way of a fool. What do you want? The way of a fool. Or he who heeds counsel. 
He who finds a wife, finds a spouse, finds a good thing and obtains favor from the Lord. If God gives you a gift and you don't listen to that gift, what does that make you? It's right there. The way of a fool. So I've been a fool and I'm learning. And it's the best thing ever. The other thing I did is a few years ago, I learned this thing. So has anyone, can you, can you see this? This is a, what do you call this over here? A two by four. In New Zealand, we call it a four by two. But seen as I'm American now, I'm a two by four. This is a two by four. So um, faithful are the wounds of a friend. What I recognize is some of us, uh, we need, you don't just need someone to give you some encouraging words. You need guidance. But the kind of guidance that you need is with a swing and a piece of wood attached to it because otherwise you wouldn't hear it. Is there anyone in the room like that? Give me a wave. Some people. Who's like, oh, no, you can just speak gently to me and I'll be adjusted. Who's that? Oh. Yeah, yeah, only the woman. That's right. So what we did is I've been meeting with a group of guys, and we meet every two weeks. And you can see the names on there, Chris and Jesse, they're here. And we've met together, so we do life together. Why? Because we all know that, as that scripture says, the fool is right in his own eyes. And some of us are really foolish because we get so excited or passionate or focused or ignorant or whatever it is, we bury our investment into something and run forward. And we need someone to come with a piece of wood and love us enough to smack us in the side of the head. So we meet every two weeks at a cafe, have coffee, lunch together. And uh, so I brought these. One day I just brought in four pieces of two by four slapped them down on the table, and we signed them. Here's our, I call it a two-by-four covenant. Our love for one another means that we've each got one of these in our garage, garage, you say. So the deal is, if we see or hear you doing something that needs this, we will come around and use that on you. And then I had another group, and that... Then, so this is local business people. Then I had these national business people. They're like, no, let's not do that. We need one of these. So they said, let's do it with a baseball bat. Why would you send around a two-by-four when you can send around a baseball bat? It looks better. It looks better. It hits, it hits better as well. So, and that's what we did. And literally, you can see the names signed on there. We, we met together, that group, every two weeks. So I've got the locals because I need the locals because I need someone to look me in the eye and see what I'm doing. And then I've got some national business guys that I meet with every two weeks. And that's our commitment. Has it been used? Well, I know one of them, uh, not one of these guys, another guy actually texts his wife because it's not just him. It's his wife has access to this. And the text was, my husband is being uh, something. Can you help, please? I need the baseball bat. And sure enough, by the time... I got to call with the baseball bat. It was already taken care of. That's a good day. Why? Because you need a friend like this. Why? Because faithful are the wounds of a friend. I need that in my life. Someone that hit me. I don't want my wife to have full access to this, but perhaps it would be the best thing ever. Are you hearing this? So that's so, so valuable. So what's the point? Number one. Are you making room to hear the voice of God? Are you prioritizing that? Uh, what's the first voice that you listen to 
in the day? Is that media? Is that news? Or is it his voice? Will you sit and listen? Uh, Bill Johnson got to spend time with the richest man in a particular country, a Muslim country, and asked him at the end of that, what's the secret of your success? So here's Bill Johnson, like a, a king in his realm and space and anointing, speaking to a king in business who's a very, very wealthy man, wealthiest man in his country. And so Bill Johnson says, what's the secret of your success? Who would love to be in the room? That man answered, every day I spend an hour to an hour and a half sitting and listening to the voice of God. What about you? Is it possible, if that's, if that's the greatest solution to everything we know, that he truly has the answers, are we listening? Oh, we need God to use this on us. Send someone to smack me in the side of the head. 2020 was everybody being hit in the side of the head with a two by four. Make it count. Number two, where have you gotten one degree off and need to realign? What will you align to? What do you need to stop doing, start doing, and keep doing? Are you going to make what we've walked through count and align back to, I am. This is who I'm called to be. Titus 1.5 is a scripture in my life. I've sent you to set in order what is lacking and appoint leaders in every place. Why are you here today? Because that's the gift of my life. We find out what's lacking and we equip you with that. And I bring my friends in to equip you with that because I know that they're the best at what they do and they can add to you what is missing. Because if you had everything, you wouldn't be here. I need help to grow. And then number two, we set in order what is lacking and we appoint leaders. What is that? That's encouragement. By the end of these sessions, you're going to feel so lit up with vision and encouragement and hope. It's like, let's go change the world. Exactly. You're welcome. And number three, Whose volume do you need to turn up or turn down? Perhaps there's someone you've been listening to that they've got the wrong volume in your life. Whose volume do you need to turn up? And whose volume do you need to turn off? Perhaps that's social media. I heard a really good statement from someone just in this weekend. They said in January, they stopped reposting or recommenting on anything that wasn't firsthand then they had nothing to post. Isn't that interesting? Whose volume do you need to turn off? Whose volume do you need to increase? Whose volume do you need to like, I just need to find someone else to listen to because listening to you is not helping me. Are you catching this? Okay. Close your eyes. Just ask these dangerous questions. Holy Spirit, What's one thing from this time that I need to focus on and do differently? What's one thing? Could be in one of those three areas. Voice of God, vision that He is leading, or the volume of people around us. Or it could be just something else, because He's Amazing like that. What's one thing that I can do differently as a result of what I've just heard?